Hey everybody, this is All Sports Are Bad. I am Patrick on the internet, and it is Friday the 26th of April, and I've got a real cool episode for you guys today. We had our first ever remote guest, and in true ASAB fashion, the first try did not go as perfectly as we planned. Um, it's still an awesome show. Our good friend Peter Bogren virtually stopped by, and we talked WNBA salaries and MLB unwritten rules. But the audio is a tad funky for our taste, so naturally I had to chop that bad boy up. And I'm just going to drop you right into the beginning of that podcast, so enjoy episode 17. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to finally be on the show. And hey, I am the first remote guest. The first remote guest, that's true. First remote guest. We did have some technical difficulties, but I think this is going to work. Yeah, we we still do have technical difficulties. <laughs> it was a whole ordeal getting you here. Uh, but we made it work. We're here now, and uh, hopefully this isn't just going to be an hour that we have to delete. Um. <laughs> okay. Fingers crossed. So last night was one of the craziest sports nights of the year. Uh, we had a Game 7 in which the Sharks came back down down by three to score four unanswered power play goals. And that shit was bonkers. <laughs> Absolutely wild. I think it's the first time in history anyone has scored four goals on a five-minute major power play. Um, and this isn't a game seven to decide who goes, like, where. Um, yeah, between, like, two of the best teams in the conference. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. And not only was it a five-minute major, I mean, this guy took somebody out an important player so everybody rallied around it's like all right well basically fuck these vegas guys we're gonna show them yeah it was pretty sick because they, they it was it was a cross check to joe pavelski who's the captain of the team and i and a lot of the knights players are kind of chirping because they don't think that it should have been a five minute major but also, think, uh, Tim Marchessault stated he thought they uh, penalized the result more than the play. Yeah, I feel like you kind of should because it's like you don't cross check someone to like not injure them, <laughs> <laughs> and you injured them. So yeah, you did that. Yeah. Yeah. No. They so basically they had five minutes straight of power play goals or no, and they dropped four goals on them. So one goal every minute and fifteen seconds for five minutes which is fucking bonkers, power play or no. It was absolutely bonkers. My squad advanced. Congratulations. Take that. Yay, babies. Sharks. And I'm wearing my Sharks hat right now, my obnoxiously teal Sharks hat. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit much. It's, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> is there a teal that's not obnoxious? I'm not sure there is, uh, actually. Mariners does teal pretty good. I'm kind of used to it now because it's only like a little bit. Marlins teal is gross, but that might just be my disgust with the Marlins. They killed their teal. Yeah, Did yeah they? No, that oh, was yeah, their old. That's right. That's yeah. right. They're they're like blue, red, pink, and black or something. I don't fucking know. It's weird. Orange in there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Marlins are fuck the Marlins. Who gives who gives a shit about the Marlins? Besides Derek Jeter, who's actively trying to tear them apart. I'm like trying to think of who literally gives a shit about the Marlins. Because usually you do say, who gives a shit about this? And I'm like, well, I could probably name a bunch. But now I'm thinking, like, I have no fucking clue <laughs> who cares no, about the nobody. Just that Not even guy. Miami cares about them. Yeah, it's just the one guy who keeps showing up on TVs with uh, plates directly behind, seats directly behind home plate. 
Marlins man. Marlins man doesn't care about the Marlins anymore. He, he is he is uh, he has banished them from his lexicon. <laughs> If that's even the right phrase, of, I'm not just going to say it. He doesn't go to Marlins games anymore. He only goes to like high-profile uh, baseball games now. Do you still wear a Marlins jersey? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. He's Marlins. Right. Yeah, he right. wears those bright colors to stand out. Everybody everyone can see Marlins man is there. <laughs> and they're talking about him. We're talking about him. We're, yeah. yeah, I guess we're doing it right now. Yeah. So I guess one point to Marlins man. Yeah, well, I'll take that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eat this one. So the other game that happened last night, which I think is like even crazier, even as much of a Sharks fan as I am, like Dame Lillard putting putting Russell away. I'm not going to say the Thunder. He put Russell away last night yeah. in yes. hilarious fashion. He dropped uh, 50 points on uh, 10 three-pointers um, and basically crushed uh, Westbrook and Paul George and the rest of the Thunder. And he iced the whole thing by hitting a game-winning step-back 37-foot three-pointer from the center logo, which I didn't actually get to see the game, but uh, I watched that highlight over and over again, and it is just unfucking real Paul George like, didn't see it coming. No, nobody saw no. that well, Who takes Paul a George said it was a bad shot. No, Paul, Paul <laughs> it George, was not a bad shot. He was wide open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Paul George is basically saying, like, Oh, there are way better jumpers to take, like, in a tie game with the clock coming down. Yes, I guess a wide-open mid-range jumper or a wide-open layup would be better. But guess what? Those weren't available, and he didn't feel like it. Yeah, he just took a fucking, like, (laughs) step-back 40-footer right in your grill, Paul, by the way, and made it. Legit MVP candidate. Yeah, Dame Lillard fucking... Yeah, Dame Lillard is the future. Yeah, that ball was in the air so long, he did like four steps backwards before the crowd even reacted. Oh, it was fucking wild. Yeah. Then he waved Amazing. goodbye to the Thunder as after it went in, which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, just, ah, absolutely next level shit talking without even saying a word. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that battle. Like, the, the whole battle between, between Dame and Russ was like epic. It was only for five games and it was epic. Like, I, I enjoyed all of that. It was wonderful. Well, it was phenomenal. Although this whole series, and I'm going to drop a take here right now, Dame Lillard is a better point guard than Russell Westbrook, hands down. A better point guard? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Probably better player, think... maybe not, but definitely a better point guard. Definitely a better point guard. Like, if you swapped them between, like, if you moved uh, Russell over to the Blazers and uh, moved Lillard over to the Thunder... Willard would make the Thunder better, but I don't think Westbrook would make the Blazers any better. No, he'd make them worse. Yeah. At best, they'd stay the same. Is that C.J. McCollum not getting the ball? Because there's no way Russell Westbrook's going to give C.J. the ball. He didn't give Victor Oladipo the ball, and Oladipo is legit good. (laughs) He didn't give KD the ball, and KD is now in Golden State. Yeah, and winning (laughs) titles every single year, although it's a little gross to watch him do it. But still, you can't can't take that away from him. We got one more year. It'll be fine. We got one more finals. (laughs) It's not even a year. We have a month left, and we're good. We're finally past We escaped the Warriors era. I mean, mean, have you guys seen the uh, numbers that um, the playoff ratings are down this year? That's wild to me. Despite the fact that basketball is incredibly popular right now? I think I've got to assume that that's because everybody just is treating the champion as a foregone conclusion. Because we all, I don't know, I, I accepted the Warriors were going to win the title like at opening tip on opening day. Yeah. And I think that's where everybody's at. It's like there are so many good series going on right now. 
but no one really cares because no one's going to be Golden State. Well, like, so sort of what this speaks to to me is this really annoying stance that I hear people have about basketball where they're like, well, you only really have to la- watch the last two minutes. Like, yeah, if all you give a shit about is who wins, then yeah, you only have to watch the last two minutes. But if you actually like basketball, like, there's a lot of really interesting things happening and really great players are going head to head. Like, and it's, I don't know, it's frustrating, like... If you only like, you only have to watch the last two minutes of a football game too. Like you can turn it on with two to, at the two minute warning, be like it's twenty one seven. Fuck it, whatever. Yeah, like, you can kind of say that about every every yeah. sport ever. You only have to watch the seventh inning and later of a baseball game. You only have to watch the last couple minutes of any clocked sport. Like you only have to watch the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing <laughs> it again. Are we gonna edit some of that in? I'm not even gonna watch that. Uh, awesome um so something happened in a cubs game that peter would like to tell us about because i didn't see it i didn't see it either peter oh my goodness i mean it was phenomenal it's just you know javi baez being javi baez i mean his nickname is el mago which is spanish for the magician he hit a weak-ass ground ball to the first baseman Coming down the line, first baseman is, I don't know, probably about 15 feet in front of the bag, fields it, is coming towards him down the line. Baez puts on a little stop, juke to the left move. First baseman's momentum is taking him out to foul territory. And he just goes, dives onto the bag, called safe. Um, it, it was just an amazing play. If you didn't see it, Go to MLB.com and watch it. The video's up. I watched it about four times today. It is just amazing. Having not seen it, um, what it sounds like what you just said to me is Javi Baez Euro-stepped a first baseman. He kind of did. Basically, I'm watching it right yeah. now. He basically <laughs> Euro-steps him a little bit. Yeah. I, it's it's awesome. like... Uh, That's amazing. That's incredibly yeah. rad. Yeah, this guy is just amazing to watch and you know i i am an unabashed cubs fan and i watch as much as i can but if you like baseball and you like athleticism this guy is just amazing to watch yeah he is one of my favorite players javi baez yeah. he's he's fucking great he's fun to watch yeah i was not happy about trading him in my fake internet football baseball league uh, didn't you get peter what do you give him you gave him arenado straight up for him i think yeah yeah, yeah. And so I flipped I, him for a yeah, pitcher. Yeah, you flipped him to me for uh, Clayton Kershaw, which, <laughs> sucker. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to take that. I'm, that actually works for me. Yeah, well, no, it was. Like, now it's just mediocre. <laughs> and that's why the trade worked. <laughs> that's how it works. Bunch of dope sports happened last night. When we have, um, we're coming up into another th- series of uh, athletic competitions that should be treated as dope and yet never are. Uh, specifically, the uh, women's professional seasons are about to start happening. Um, the WNBA starts in the next couple of months. Um, we're about to start seeing the uh, the uh, U.S. women's national team uh, play qualifiers for the next World Cup. There's a lot of that going on. And there's been a lot of controversy around... Um, the compensation and the uh, treatment of women's professional athletes. Uh, Specifically, I'm talking about Brianna Stewart, who is the reigning MVP of um, 
the WNBA and also the WNBA Finals MVP. Uh, she's here with our own Seattle Storm, and she tore her Achilles tendon playing overseas in the Euro League, and is going to miss at least a full year of competition. Um, and the question that a lot of people had is, why is Brianna Stewart playing in the Euro League? And the reasons are a little bit fucked up. Yeah. So, I mean, just a little. I mean, you, you look at the average salary for a WNBA player is around $72,000. Right. There are tech bros in Seattle coming straight out of college that are making that. At least that. That's oh, at yeah. least starting that. salary and not that good of a starting salary. The veteran max contract in the WNBA is a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That is dog wow. shit. Wow, that's sport. terrible. Holy shit. I didn't know that. The average NBA contract is seven point four million dollars. Yeah, and that's the average. And a, a lot of a lot of bros on the internet like to argue against this. Well, they're like, well. Do these women want to get paid more than Steph Curry? Do they want to get paid more than LeBron James? No, that's not what anyone's saying. Although, I would imagine they probably want to get like, what everyone oh, wants thirty-five want million dollars a year. It's it's a percentage thing. Whereas NBA players are what taking taking fifty percent of the revenues. Fifty percent of revenues, and uh, Peter, the information you gave us is the WNBA is only devoting around twenty-two percent of their actual revenues towards player salaries. So yeah, that, that comes from uh, from an uh, economics professor named Dave Barry. That's his estimations. Yeah. Um, I, I believe he's at UNLV. But yeah, it's less than half of the revenues that the NBA is sharing with the players, the WNBA is sharing with the players. Right. And I mean, like, obviously, this connects really directly to the whole idea of um, women in general being shortchanged in. Uh, uh, salary structures and payments in the workplace in general, like the whole idea that women make 73 cents on every dollar that men are paid. But it gets really clear in sports because you can pull up um, these uh, fights that the U.S. women's national soccer team had with um, the U.S. soccer uh, pay structure where they were pointed out that they were being paid something, I forget the exact number, and I didn't look it up, but they were being paid something like 40% less than a men, than the men's team were per player, despite the fact that they are wildly more successful. And they make, they, they generate way more revenue mm-hmm. for American Olympics. They are, they're the stars in, in American soccer. Yeah, women, US women They win World Cups. All, all the fucking time. They've been doing it for a very long time now. <laughs> They're extremely good, and just they don't they don't get paid like it. They get paid like everyone's like, oh, who cares? It's just girls, like, and that's which is deeply fucked up. And the same thing was done on the uh, tennis tour to um, to uh, champions, and that majors were paying out substantially less in uh, prize money to major champions at things like the U.S. Open the Australian Open, Wimbledon, all these things, until uh, some of those champions started stamping up and saying, like, "There's why are we getting less money? We're just as big of a TV draw. We're just as big as an, an audience draw. And yet you seem to think it's okay to not pay us like that. Yeah. And, it, and it's resulted in the, the league MVP being injured. Yeah. Like a serious injury, an, Achille, an Achilles. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> Fucking bonkers. That's like if you heard that Giannis Antetokounmpo tore an Achilles because he works summers at his dad's banana stand. 
That's an Arrested <laughs> Development <laughs> reference <laughs> for the kids. Make a little extra scratch. But no, like that's but that's actually not outside of uh, that's not unreasonable because the reason that uh, WNBA players in particular have to go play in these Euro leagues is because they're trying to make enough money in order to support themselves, right? Because they don't yeah. get paid that much. And the upkeep, like the financial upkeep on your body as a professional athlete is expensive. Like it's not yeah. cheap. Your window for making money is so small that yep. you got to get as much as you can when you can, because when it's over, what are you going to do? Right. Like, because part of the reason that athletes are paid so well is because they're making money from basically the ages of 20, we'll say 24 until about 34. Like, they have about a 10-year window where they're really going to get paid. And they're, like, minimum contracts and all that are not insignificant, but... Those major, those major deals that they're going to sign are going to happen in that window, and that's when they're going to make everything that they're going to make. But the WNBA, like if you show up and you're just going to make eighty grand, like that's that's a sizable yearly salary. But not if that's your in life's work and the income that you're going to make off of that life's work yeah. over that short of a period of time. Like and you're giving your knees, your ankles, your hips, and arms. Yeah, physically, you're just giving up your entire body. Yeah, and and the Euros and China will pay you up the two times more. At yeah. least, maybe even more than that. So, that. yeah. So, I mean, they have to. Yeah, I believe Sue Bird was making um, upwards of, of two, three million dollars a year playing in Russia. Yeah. Um, now, this is just off the top of my head. I didn't look this up. This is just my recollection. But I, I remember reading something in Sports Illustrated or some such publication where they were talking about how these female athletes have to go overseas and they live in this big house that the owners pay for. It's like they're living in mansions for free and making millions of dollars playing in these other leagues, which is not, you know, the quote unquote cream of the crop. The U S leagues for most sports, except for soccer are supposedly the best you're going to do. And these women have to go elsewhere to actually get paid. In most, like in most major sports, like, the idea is that the American leagues, um, not the American league, but the American leagues, the United States uh, professional sports leagues, are where you go to actually get paid. But that's not true for women because apparently we just don't think they're worth it. Despite the fact that it's extremely fun. Like, I've had more, I've watched, um, actually this year in particular, I found the uh, women's NCAA basketball tournament a lot more um, invigorating and exciting than the men's because one all the exciting players got eliminated before i wanted them to but also because like they it was exciting and competitive and like all of these top tier teams were really in dogfights the whole time um and that wasn't true of what i saw from the final four this year or the championship or any of that shit yeah the men's tourney this year was a, a lot of not scoring ever <laughs> yeah you, you take a lot of teams that don't generally make it that far and it's intriguing because it's those teams it's not your top tier teams it's not the people that the fan wants to see it's just it's intriguing because wow virginia made it that far oh cool virginia you know what i love watching is uh guys who can't shoot play really aggressive defense that's exciting basketball to me so you don't so you love Draymond Green, then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Love him so much. He's a big Ron Artest Draymond Green guy. Yeah, Meta world peace, my bad. Hey, <laughs> hey, as long as they don't fight fans or slap people in the nuts, it's great to watch. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I even <laughs> support them fighting people in the stands. But that's another episode We've, of uh, All Sports Are Bad. All Sports Are Bad is officially a believer that there should be one day in the basketball season that is Malice in the Palace Day, where one random stadium will be treated to getting punched in the face by professional athletes. The spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, it's going to be Utah and Russell Westbrook will be in town. <laughs> He's going to get his revenge on you, Utah. Quit the purge in Utah. The purge in Utah. It's really just going to be Russ beating up one guy. The guy who harasses him every year. <laughs> I don't know, Steven Adams will be right back behind him. and like, I would not want to fight Steven. I don't, I don't want to fight any of those guys. But yeah, I but he's a really nice guy in person. Yeah, but I'm sure if you mess with his point guard enough, he'll beat the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's, he's a very large individual. I'm not going to attempt to do a Kiwi accent, so I won't. No, no. <laughs> Just makes us all look bad. True. Jane will be happy. Yeah, she, no, no one will appreciate it. Yes. Uh, so, but back to like these, back to the WNBA in particular and women's sports as a whole, like. One of the other things that happens to these athletes because they have to go overseas and continue to play outside of their normal professional season is they don't get an off season. Like right now, if you think about what's happening in the uh, NBA, the, the well, let's say the men's NBA right now, is that a lot of these guys who have been hurt over the course of the past year or any of these things, they're now going into an off season where they can start to rehab their injuries, where they can get back into shape, where they can start to uh, fine tune their game and like practice a lot and become, you know, healthier and better. We don't have like the WNBA players don't have that option. Like they have to then go from one competitive season directly into a new one in order to make, make money and pay for their life. Um, and that's a, that's I think that's really a significant factor, like that they don't have this chance to just take three months off and recover from the rigors of playing a professional sport at a professional level aggressively for, you know, five months. And that's yeah. like that takes a huge amount out of your body. And, and not you... only do they get to recover, but they also get to do like you know, the press junkets and they get to do promotional appearances and they get to drive the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and the WNBA to 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 not pay them right now. If they would give them money, more money, it would be more like an investment. It's like okay, well, let's get their faces out there. Let's go do these things, so then more people would watch. I mean, the television viewership was actually up thirty five percent last year. Actual attendance was a little down, but people are starting to pay attention. They're starting to care. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed watching the Sparks play in the playoffs this past year. Candace Parker, my favorite. Candace Parker's rad. My, my favorite ever. <laughs> I I thought it was so much fun. Like I I I can't imagine not watching the playoffs again the same way I did last year. Well and so here's and here's a second thing too about this whole issue is that like we're looking now going into the NBA draft. We have guys like uh R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, Bull Bull, um, there's more whose names I'm forgetting, but these are all uh, 19-year-old guys who did their one year in college, and now they're going to declare for the draft because their earning potential in the uh, NBA is, 
high enough, even if they flame out, like even if something goes wrong, they still have a chance to make a good amount of money in the four or five years they're under that initial rookie contract, right? And um, there was, uh, I believe her name is Sabrina Ionescu, um, the, uh, all, the star point guard for the University of Oregon, who is the all-time leader in both men's and women's basketball for triple doubles in the NCAA, just finished her junior season, and she started talking about declaring for the WNBA draft. And a number of uh, coaches and other professional female players actively were trying to discourage her from doing that, not because she's not capable of performing at that level, not because she's not able to... um, compete with uh, those professional athletes, but because since they're, the earning potential for her is so low in the WNBA that her post-playing career takes on a massive amount of importance and that that extra year of not being paid to be an athlete in the NCAA in order to finish her college degree is far more, far, far more important. Um, and that's not true for males. Like, that's not true for men who are playing in... Uh, in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. It's not true for uh, football players who are going to uh, the fucking stupid-ass playoffs that we have now. But for women, for them to leave early in order to try and start making money at a sport, they're actually trading off future, future earning potential based on the education they can get that everyone in men's sports just ignores because we want to, everyone wants to lie about, Oh, the education we give to these guys is worth, you know, all these things. And it actually kind of is to the women, but only because they're not valued as athletes after they leave college. Yeah. They're being paid so low. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucked. Deeply, deeply fucked. Absolutely. Like you talk about a Sabrina Ionescu, like if if the equivalents were there between the WNBA and the NBA for her to still be in college would be insane. She'd have passed up so much money. And yet now we're looking at her. She's talking about leaving school one year early and for it's not worth it because her actual salary wouldn't even cover a year's tuition or it might. I don't know. I guess uh, it would cover a year's tuition, but not, but that's it. That's, that's it. it. it would no just books, tuition. no yeah. room and board. I mean, Education is so expensive these days, but that's another topic for another podcast. Yeah, no, someone else can tackle that part, but like, that's just that's just gross. That like, it makes more sense to play for free and continue to build your own profile for international leagues, and um, to you know, I imagine it probably doesn't hurt to show up to a job interview and be like, "Hello, I am a famous basketball player." I can't imagine that goes over poorly, but right. And I have a degree. Yeah, but that value is so much higher for them than just being able to go and play in a professional athletic uh, uh, context. That's weird. It's weird that they're put in that position, and it just doesn't seem fair. Because these girls fucking rule at this. It's it's not fair. And, And these women are badasses. But hopefully things will change soon, because the... um. The WNBA CBA expires at the end of this season because the players' union decided to opt out, terminate it two years early. Uh, the original one was supposed to end at the end of the 2021 season, 
but they had an option to, to terminate it, and they did. And looking at this, it, so they just got um, a, a deal with uh, CBS Sports Network, and they're going to be airing 40 games this coming season, plus the 16 games uh, on ESPN. And so hopefully, you know, these TV revenues are going to start driving up the team revenues so then they can actually negotiate for more money. I would hope so, because they fucking deserve it. Like, they yeah. really do. I mean, it's just, I don't know. In the, in the end, like, a lot of this is just another example of the way in which America hates women. And especially given that we're talking primarily about basketball, the way America hates women of color. And, yeah. Right. And, you know, GBLT women, you know, I mean, it's, it's oh, like, yeah, very much I believe so. about um, 36% of the WNBA identifies as gay. And, and that, I mean, that's why the WNBA is, you know, promoting like Pride Nights. And they were the first of the major sports leagues to actually be in, you know, the New York Pride Parade. And yeah. they're just trying to expand their fan base. And not really caring that they might alienate a few of these people on the fringes that are going to take offense to that. But I, I think the the rest of the professional leagues can take a cue from that and be like, you know, there are a lot of women who like sports. There are a lot of gay people that like sports, and they have money to spend on coming to games and just generating your revenue. Yeah, and like it's easy, it's so easy to get them there because all you have to do is make them feel included. Like that's yeah. it. Just don't be shitty. Just yeah. do right. Just literally the bare minimum be like, of being a human. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, hey, you're a human being. You like sports. Hey, look, we have sports over here. Come watch our shit. Yeah. Show up. We we would love to have you. We would love to have you come here and be a fan of us and. Watch, watch everybody play and just enjoy the game because that's what fucking games are for. Yeah. Make. Right. Yeah. Games should be enjoyed. They should be enjoyed by the people who watch it and they should be enjoyed by the people who play it. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. And that's why we're going to segue into our next topic and that is uh, baseball. Yeah. <laughs> a, a sport that has a problem with basically anyone enjoying it whatsoever. Fans... <laughs> Analysts, players, coaches—the only people who enjoy it really are the owners. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, they're making a shitload of money. And you know how many games they watch? Fucking zero. Well, they yeah, watch playoff games when their teams two. make it. Okay, two games. Two games. Sorry, I'm sorry. Zero was a, zero was not not. We were introduced to a whole discussion about uh, the unwritten rules of baseball, which we had a we had a fairly decent discussion about this earlier in our. All sports are bad careers. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this before, but there was a specific incident um, between the White Sox and the Royals that made it more apparent again. And so we wanted to get a little bit more into it, especially having Peter here, because I know Peter's got thoughts on this shit. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've gone to baseball games together, the three of us. So yeah. we, we, we all enjoy the game, but we're also of a generation where... This shit is stupid. It's fucking... We, we really need to get past a bunch of this dumb shit. Yeah. yeah. 
So the initial scenario that uh, started this was uh, Tim Anderson on the White Sox. Um, Tim Anderson just strokes just this massive home run off of a Royals pitcher. Um, Tim Anderson followed up hitting this massive home run by doing an extremely cool bat flip, um, chucking, chucking the thing back towards his own dugout and taking his sweet time getting around the bases because he did something extremely dope and he wanted to have a good time doing it. Yeah. The next time Tim Anderson came up, the Royals pegged him directly in the ass with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball because he decided to enjoy the fact that he did something cool. And uh, Tim Anderson did not appreciate that very yeah. much. Benches cleared. Same kind of shit that happens whenever someone gets oh, plugged yeah. in a retaliation. I, I wouldn't appreciate getting a fastball on the buttocks. I mean, that just would not be fun. I mean, they, I mean, the kid hit a ball like about 420 feet. The and, goddamn way. Yeah, and he decided to, in his words, give the bat boy a break and throw the bat to him. He hit a huge home run, and it was like, this is fun. It is fun to hit home yeah. runs. Shepard's flared. Yeah. 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 And, you know, shit went down. Suspensions were handed out. Initially, we didn't know what. And the league said something like, I think someone reported, oh, it's like race-related. And it was like, oh, shit, did did Tim Anderson call him like a white boy? You know what I mean? Or like a cracker. Like, what Like what dumb what shit saying? is MLB doing now? What, like, what fuckery is MLB handing out suspensions for now? And it turns out that Tim Anderson just used the N-word. And yeah. he is a black person who used the N-word. But now Anderson is suspended for this yeah. because he said something that that's a word that belongs to him. It doesn't belong yeah. to the fucking league. It doesn't belong to a bunch of fucking like 32 white dudes who own teams. Like nobody gives a shit yeah, the, about them. The league cannot police black people using that word. That is astonishingly fucking absurd of them. This is like just when you thought that baseball couldn't get like less self-aware <laughs> of itself they find new ways to figure out how to be dumb as shit and this suspension is yeah it's is, just that this is a league that already has a huge amount of trouble um marketing itself to um young black people who have like then to tell a young black man that he cannot in anger speak the way that he wants to and then punish him for it aggressively like a suspension is way over the fucking line for sure um that's like none of that none of that is okay with me like i don't i, uh, I don't i don't have a good follow-up for this i just i just don't care for the way they dealt with this because they're not in, they're not in charge of the way tim anderson talks that doesn't no, belong it, to them it belongs to tim anderson and not some guy in a suit who's like i don't think that should be a thing there yeah. there's, seems to be more policing of a player using that word than there are of fans using that word to refer to players on the field that's a great fucking point actually yeah. and i hadn't I, I to be honest i hadn't thought about that because there has been a number of reports of uh fans directing that word Fan, white fans specifically directing that word to players of color, and there has been very little done to enforce that issue. But 
if Tim Anderson, a player of color, in anger says that word to someone who quite literally just tried to hurt him by throwing an extremely hard object at him at 95 miles an hour, yeah. that's a problem. Then that's yeah. like that. Someone's priorities in the wrong fucking place. Yeah. And when you factor in like why he did it, it's he got thrown at like he got thrown at for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> that's even it's even wilder. Like this whole scenario is just absolutely just bonkers that MLB would even consider intervening on this. And yeah, it's. I mean, other than they should suspend the dude who who threw the ball, which they did, but they should not suspend Anderson even remotely. But yeah, but they they suspended Brad Keller five games, but he's appealing right now, so he's still playing. Yeah, yeah. and Tim Anderson didn't appeal. Tim Anderson was like, he just didn't. I, it, it seems to me like he just didn't see the point. Like, why why fight this sort of systematic op- oppression because it's just not going to work. Yeah. And, if anything, it's just gonna make shit worse. And right. that's a, that's I'm not a gonna terrible win. Message. Yeah. I'm 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 over it. It's in the past. I'm gonna move on. And yeah. I I think that's, that's actually a, a good way for him to go about that. But I, I don't know. To, to have a, a, a bunch of white guys in suits policing someone's language is it, just a bunch of bullshit. I mean I mean it just Police the actions. I mean, because yeah. you, you got all these pitchers that are celebrating these big strikeouts. I mean, you, you got, you know, Chris Archer. You know, it's, granted, this was many years ago and he was still young and he admitted it. But, you know, he's, he's hopping up and down, kissing his bicep after he strikes out David Ortiz. But he wants to throw at David Ortiz if he flips his bat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's like... I, I, I spent the morning watching YouTube videos of pitcher celebrations just to look at it and be like, because I used to be one of these guys that was like anti-bat flips, like don't pimp your home run. I mean, Patrick, you know that. I mean, we've had these discussions. <laughs> but, you know, lately I, I, I've been looking at how do the pitchers react? And if you're going to act like this, why can't Jose Bautista just throw his bat when he hits one of the biggest home runs of his life? Yeah, yeah. You hit a go. You hit a go-ahead home run in the playoffs, and you want to get excited, but that's wrong. It's wrong of you to be excited about accomplishing something. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like it genuinely doesn't. Yeah, baseball has this is in a very weird place right now because they're they're trying to shed this image that they have. They're trying desperately. They have that campaign, the Let the Kids Play campaign. They have all this stuff, but they're not actually doing anything to change the game like they're they're not changing the culture of the game i should say they are trying to change the game they're trying to like make you know they're trying to put pitch clocks in there and try to actively make the game shorter no one cares about a game being long if you if you're mad at long baseball games you just don't like baseball and that's fine bye like (laughs) it's okay right if you don't find that shit exciting it's like yeah it can go on for three and a half four hours but if there's stuff happening on the field, I mean, you're going to be engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like baseball thinks that it's one thing when it's really the other. Like, they, people just are kind of grossed out by baseball culture. And a lot of it stems from just this whole, like, this 
tradition, this like culture based around tradition. Everything is nostalgic. Everything is kind of aw shucks. I remember the back in the days when we used to listen to AM radio and like drive <laughs> fucking Chevy trucks and shit. It's just kind of like this, this, this throwback to the to the days that used to be in America. And while that seems very, very innocent, what a lot of people see when they see that culture being um, adored so much is just a, a, a history of racism and bigotry that lies beneath it because that's what baseball was back in the 50s. That's what it was in the 40s. That's what it was a long-ass time ago. That's what it kind of still is, really. And when people when people see things, when people see analysts and fans tell a person of color not to celebrate the way that they're used to in the Dominican Republic, in Cuba, in Japan, they have different celebrations. It basically, it seems to me that baseball is saying, do it the white way, because that's right. That's what we want. And that kind of, it speaks volumes to me. Yeah. It is not even the white way, but the old white way. Because, yeah. I mean, you got guys like Bryce Harper, you know, and, you know, it's a, he's of that generation. He's still, you know, in his mid-20s. I mean, he's wanting to go out and have fun, you know. Say, you know, he had the, the, the MAGA-esque, you know, make baseball fun again hat, which is kind of gross. But, you know, it makes a point. It's like, yeah, go out there, flip your bat, have some fun, show emotion. Yeah. It's just the old white people don't want that. Because yeah. it, it tends to come from like um, Latino and uh, or Latinx. I'm not actually sure you say that. Um, and uh, players of color, and they're scared of that because baseball is has always been the white guy sport. Yeah, it always has been. And there's, I mean, there are things wrong with that. But it's also as it becomes more and more centralized around um, the Caribbean and Central America and Latin America, all these old white guys who want to see it as this thing it's always been, where the uh, standard for greatness is Ted Williams, who was great. Yeah. Don't get me fucking wrong. He's pretty but, damn good at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but was also just this very, you know, down home, I just, I'm just here to play baseball guy. They want to see that as the ideal, as opposed to a guy like like Willie Mays, who is a little bit more excited to be there, or um, or watching Bonds and Sosa have fun after smashing home runs, or watching a guy like fucking I don't know. I'm starting to run out of examples because I didn't think this yeah. very well. But... Yeah, no, but I mean, it's like Sosa and McGuire is like in '98 when they were having their home run race. It's like, yeah, you can celebrate, but you don't do it in the batter's box. Yeah. You can do yeah. it when you touch home plate, or you can do it while you're going to first, but you can't stand there and admire your, your home run. You Even can't though you know for that. goddamn sure that ball is way yeah. the fuck out of here. Right. No one's yeah. catching it. I don't have to run, so I'm going to watch it for a minute because how often do you hit a ball 450 feet? This portion of the podcast is meant to indicate we had technical difficulties. And I'm dropping you right back in in three, two, and one. So Amir Garrett, uh, pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, also played basketball for St. John's uh, in college, um, had some stuff to to throw in on this whole Tim Anderson, Brad Keller kerfuffle. And he tweeted out, 
I feel like a lot of baseball players couldn't survive playing another sport. Why do people get mad for bat flips? Your feelings hurt? LOL. Imagine somebody dunking on you and talking mess right in your face. You just gotta get even. My take? You bat flips. Cool. You take it on the chin and wear it. Next time you face him, strike him out and do what you gotta do. Fist pump, moonwalk, cartwheel, whatever. I'm all for it. Both ways. That is the best possible yeah. take I can think of. That, that is a fantastic take because it's, you know what? Big, big moment. I got you, you got me, whatever. We're going to celebrate because we did something good. Yeah, man. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, you get dunked on playing basketball. You just got to eat it. Like, that guy just dunked on you. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. You've been, oh, you've been yeah. dunked on. Yeah. You yeah. can't erase that. You can't throw a fastball at his head. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, okay, I just got dunked on. Now I got to do something to him. Yeah. yeah. Either play defense or make a, is what they call in the NBA, a business decision, <laughs> which is don't fucking play defense. <laughs> don't be there. If a dude is going to dunk, and usually you know he is because he's right. coming real hard at the rack. Maybe just bail out. out. Yeah. Just bail maybe out. be like, no. Yeah. I'm LeBron does it all the time. This one. All the time. I've that business decision twice in basketball games. And both times, I got dunked on real hard. I didn't know you were in the business of basketball. <laughs> well, it's more like life decisions at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, like, I was on a court, and I was like, I'm going to get back on defense. And I was like, I'm going to defend this. And like, oh, shit. <laughs> the currency was pride. <laughs> yeah. And, and all that pride got broken. <laughs> yeah. So let's dive into baseball's unwritten rules. So we've we've discussed this a little bit on this show, but there are rules against celebrating, which we covered, yeah. and there are rules against trying too hard, ah, yes. which is fucking the weirdest thing ever. Like, so you can't you can't steal when you have a big lead. That's what right. they say. Right. Don't score more runs. Don't yeah. don't run the score up. Don't yeah. show anybody up. I mean, that's just bullshit, man. Can't do yeah. it. And if there's any correlation, if you look at the all-time steals leaders post-integration, they're not. It's not white. So <laughs> right. if that's it's, the thing they're trying to police, it's like, mm. yeah. well, I don't know. It's... There's also um, the idea of like you can't bunt for a base hit while there's a no hitter going. Which in the era of the shift, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better I, be bunting. You're gonna give me a base hit if I want it. I'm gonna take it. And if it's a no hitter, and if it's one nothing, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna try and win this game. I don't care if it's two outs in the ninth inning. Yeah, I yeah. want I want to get on base, and I want to give my team a chance to win. And you're just gonna hand me the third baseline, the whole thing, the whole like you're all of it. Put a short stop. All of it. Yeah. Where the shortstop was, there's kind of a third baseman. <laughs> right. Even he's kind of at second base. And he's in the hole, shading towards second. I mean, it's. You got all that real estate. Use it. Like, I don't know. If you want to get mad about the shift, that's one thing. But if you want if you're gonna get mad about simultaneously people bunting against it, sh- shut up. Just yeah. shut up. I've, I've, Piss I've, off. Yeah, I've made this point before on this podcast, but there is actually no rule anywhere in baseball's rule book that says you have to put a player at a given spot. There's a field and you have a pitcher, and then you have eight other guys, you can put wherever the fuck you want. Yeah, you probably want to have somebody behind the plate, but you don't have to. 
No, there's no nobody. Nobody's making you do that. You no, coward! No. How dare you put a player behind the plate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put them wherever you want. They're they're where they are because we all figured out like it makes the most sense to set them up this way. Based on the math of how baseball works, that's generally the best way to do it. But if you want to put eight guys in right field, fucking go for it. Peter, what do you think about the shift? I'm just going to throw this out. You know what? I mean, the shift works. I mean, the shift goes back to Joe Madden came up with the shift when he was a bench coach for the Angels. And the first time he pulled it out was against Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, he really? was, yeah, he was, he was one of the first big, like, computer Joe Madden guys. Joe the shift. He I did. He really did. I feel like it should have been longer ago. Because <laughs> Joe Madden and Ken Griffey Jr., those yeah, are names. This is like 2000. Yeah. It's like 2000. It's just like before, like, people were, no, nobody wanted to move people around the infield. It's like, no, your shortstop plays right there between second and third. And then you I mean, but. And those are the two places you stand. Yeah, exactly. You, just, you you move forward and backward, left to right. You know, maybe about eight feet. But no, is Joe Madden was one of the first guys to like plug, like, you know, hit sprays into a computer and be like, oh well, this guy ninety percent of the time will hit it to left field, so we'll just put everybody over on this side of the field. And I feel like it. You know, it's it's. And its time has kind of come and gone. You don't see it as much as you used to. But if you're a numbers guy, which I know you are, Patrick, yeah, you, you go with the numbers. Yeah. And, you know, it's like if I have a better chance of getting you out by putting my second baseman between second and third, I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you fully. It's just this current era of baseball is kind of funny because everyone's pull happy. And so there's, you have to put on the shift. If everyone is swinging for the fences, uppercut style, <laughs> then yeah, dude, you shift on them. You have to, you have no choice. Teams are changing their hitting coaches to you know, kind of more go oppo a little bit more. Um, you know, the Cubs are a good example of that. I mean, it's, they had a down year last year, so it's like, okay, we're going to get a new pitching coach, a new hitting coach. We're going to get a new third base coach. We're just, but we're going to go back to, hey, we're just going to go with the ball, especially with two strikes. We're going to go oppo. We're, we're just going to go yeah, back actually, to basics, put the ball in play. I actually kind of wonder a bit about that because like, the, initial, the initial reason we ended up with all this uh, focus on home runs, walks, and uh, basically home runs and OBP over um, batting averages and RBIs was about the money ball idea of exploiting the system economically, right? Yeah, the market inefficiency. Yeah. Like, how do, you find, how do you find a spot where people are spending too much money? I actually wonder if the next phase of that is figuring out whether or not coaching is a market inefficiency that's being improperly, improperly utilized, right? Hmm. Like, are there great coaches out there who are being undervalued who you can pull into your your uh, club and then create better players because they're willing to because they're able to give those players a chance to ex excel against these trends, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends on, like, what you're going for as far as your team approach is. I mean, if you are looking for an opposite field hitting coaches because you see that that's the market inefficiency right now is that there aren't enough opposite field hitting hitters, then I guess, yeah. I mean, you go, you you look for that, right? Yeah, you start teaching guys to hit the other way. I just think most most fucking hitters should know how to do that. (laughs) No, no, they should. It's weird that I I feel like an old man right now saying this. You should just learn to hit it the other way. Just go oppo, man. Do you see the shortstop? He's supposed to be right there, but he's not. Yeah, well, I mean, you you just kind of think of, okay, guys in a funk. What, what what's a good hitting coach gonna do? Is you gonna say okay? You just start. You just make contact. It's like yeah. okay. You just just go the opposite way. Just take what is given you, and then eventually, when you're back in the groove, you can start pulling it and going. But if that's all you're teaching, it's just like oh yeah, find a good one and groove it. I mean, it's not gonna work out numbers wise. You're not gonna get enough pitches that you can handle to pull. Yeah, so players should just go opposite field. That's what I think, because I'm an old man secretly. That's a big <laughs> opinion, though. I think they should just do it. Like, why not do it? If that's well, so... if if like if if they're shifting on you, the first thing I'm going to do when I I start working on my swing is just like, oh uh, well, I'm going to wait a little bit, look for something slightly away, and take it the other way. Well, so there was actually a really good piece that was put out um, on ESPN that uh, Joey Votto was one of the. One, who is, one, one of the main culprits of um, everyone shifts on me all the time. Yeah. And um, Stop pulling it. Yeah. So so somebody said, like, why don't you just stop pulling the ball? And what Votto basically had to say was, look, I've been building my swing around what I do for a long, long, long time. And to relearn how to swing a baseball bat is going to take me a while. Yeah, it's not like it's just not it, relearning your baseball swing is not an easy thing to do, right? No, but so to just no, say, it's like trying to re- relearn how to do a golf swing. But he's exactly yeah. But he is one of the greatest on base hitters of all time. He is legitimately one of the best walk takers. He can afford to be like, I don't want to rework my swing because he's first of all he's a veteran. Second of all, he he has an eye where even when he's slumping, he's going to get on base. So, I still most players should be prepared to change their swing or do something with their swing in order to match these shifts. One would think. That's yeah. what I. That's what I think. That's me being an old man right now. Yeah, you're old man again. I'm fine. It's cool. Well, I feel like if you're a professional, you you can adapt. You can yeah. overcome. If you're Joey Votto, you don't have to because you can get on base however the fuck you want. Right, or you're just a stubborn (laughs) fuck that is like, I'm not going to do it, so I'm going to keep hitting into the shift. Well, if you'd like to feel youthful, know that uh, one of my fantasy baseball leagues is currently embroiled in an argument over whether whether to switch from average to on-base percentage. Oh, yeah, they should go to on-base percentage always. definitely. Well, you know, these guys have been doing this for fucking 30 years, so getting hey, them to change right, their mind. You know what that means? Hey, Joey, change your swing. <laughs> they are old. Every single one of them is old. Wait, is this your dad's league? It's my dad's league, yeah. Yeah. They're old. We I all, know. We all watch baseball. We're all old. <laughs> <laughs> True. We're all just too old for this shit. 
You're still with the young hipster who's like, hey, man, did you watch the Mariners game last night? No, there's zero of them. It's just nerds and old people. (laughs) (laughs) We just accept that fact. Where one of those things are both. (laughs) I watched about half the Mariners game last night. Then I went to bed because it got late. Because I'm old and I live in a central time zone now. They lost to the Padres. Yeah, they lost to the Padres 1-0 today, too. The fucking Padres? Yeah, and the Vetter Cup. Who are the Padres? Or is that a hockey team? That's a uh, Canadian football team. Mm, that makes sense. It's a CFL team. They actually won the title three years ago. Mm, interesting. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a uh, minor league rugby team. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, 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 no. They're a uh, second division uh, English football club. I thought it was a League of Legends esports team. <laughs> You know, that could be. <laughs> and this is the uh, San Francisco Padres. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Stay classy, Patrick. Don't ever put that on me. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Like, are, we good? <laughs> are we good on baseball? Are we doing baseball still? I think I think we're past that. But like, yeah, no, fuck the unwritten rules. They're all bullshit. Flip bats. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy baseball. Bye, baseball. Yeah. Right. That will generate more fans, younger fans, younger people that want to play the game. And then you will be the American pastime again and not die. Actually, I don't think baseball is ever going to be the American pastime again. I just think it could be more popular than it is right now. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. It may not be upper echelon anymore, but it will not die a slow, painful death. Yeah. Like, the only thing... So, baseball is always going to be the American pastime as long as it can stay alive, just because it's the oldest... Tradition. Sport. Like, it's the oldest American sport. And there's more history behind it than any of these other games, right? No, that's like, true. Football was invented after it. Basketball was invented after it. Hockey is Canadian. There's a whole bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey is Canadian. Um, so, like, as long as baseball can survive, it's always going to be, like, the original American pastime. But it can't, like, its refusal to evolve and adapt is its problem. It's not that, like, the game itself is broken. It's that... It, the it, it's the history of it is so long and so intense that these unwritten rules are now just very important to people, even though they don't fucking matter. Like they're not important to the game whatsoever. And it, ref, like the game itself, refuses to move past them. And that's like there, I think, is where the issue is: is that it's so caught up in its own history, which is long and rich and interesting. But it won't evolve anymore. Yeah. It feels like it's a game that feels like it doesn't have to change. It also has a creepy history and they keep highlighting all the creepy parts. Yeah. Stop highlighting all the creepy parts. <laughs> it kind of feels like American po- politics in that sense. Yeah. Have a have a deeply concerning history would be like, oh, that was the bad part. Yeah. They'll be like, that was great, actually. Right. <laughs> like, and it's all yeah. the all the old white dudes that remember seeing that shit in real time are gone. We can't move past it. 
what the sport reads like now is like a bunch of people who are really like, you remember Ronald Reagan? And we're all like, yeah, you remember when Ronald Reagan pretended AIDS wasn't a thing? And they're like, that was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until he admitted it that shit went bad. <laughs> is that a conversation you've had with someone? <laughs> Good Lord. Where are you talking to people? <laughs> Everywhere, all the time. Oh, okay. I guess you are a bartender. You hear a lot of <laughs> crazy <laughs> shit. Crazy shit. Ugh. All right, we doing? Are we on hype drags? Do, do you want to do Tiger Woods, mm, Great American uh, Golfer? Fucking Tiger. Yeah. Possibly oh, Tiger. Yeah. Possibly the greatest. Uh, the greatest American golfer. I would say. Uh, and Tiger oh, won the Masters. Nah, I, th- I think possibly. Who's the yes. greatest? I'm I'm golf only, dumb. So. Jack Nicholas is the only other choice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jack Nicholas is the greatest. Is he? Huh? I mean, if you okay. measure, if you look at numbers, numbers, you look yeah. at metrics. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wins well. and major wins. Yeah, Jack Nicholas is better. All right. Uh, yeah, but Tiger won the Masters this year. Um, it's his first major win since I think 2009. Well, 2009 is when his life blew up. It's his first Masters win since 2005. Okay. Yeah, but that like that's like at least as much time since his last major win. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I'll, I'll like in the ish, in the interest of full transparency, when I saw Tiger win the Masters again, as a guy who likes golf, I got a little like. I got a little choked up. I was a little like, it's nice to see this guy who's had all these setbacks in his life and all these injury issues and all this shit, like to come back 11 years later and win the Masters again and then like go hug his son and like get really happy. And then I thought, Tiger Woods is a Trump supporter. Yeah. See, uh-huh. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't even know that part. Yeah. No, he's uh, very much the kind of like the kind of dude who just shows up and is like, I don't have a full opinion about Donald Trump. I just go to all his dinners and hang out with him a lot. Gross. And, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that until Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's kind of in that, you know, um, O.J. Simpson, like, I don't have a race. I'm just me kind of thing where it's like I'm a billionaire. So I like Donald Trump because he saves me money on my taxes. He's yeah. not willing to have take any sort of accountability for his identity. He thinks he's past that somehow. And I don't know. I'm not like I'm not black. I can't speak to how black people understand Tiger Woods. I think there's probably a number of takes there. But it bugs me just sort of as an individual that he has no interest in just even that question. That he won't address it. That he just is like, I don't know, I'm just Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it kind of reminds me of the Chappelle show uh, racial draft skit mm. they had, where it's like, the, the you know, the black delegation actually drafted him, and that's the first time he actually felt black. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. if that's a real kind of thing, or, or if I'm just coming out of left field here. No, I, I mean, I think that might be a little real, but I don't think it has much to do with, like, whether or not Tiger felt accepted by that community, but rather the way Tiger presents himself to communities. Because he didn't want to show up and be a part of any kind of identity. He just wanted to be Tiger, somebody yeah. else. He wanted to be this other thing. 
know. He he basically just decided, oh, I want to maximize my dollar amount. Yeah. I want to maximize my dollar, my earning potential, and just he's like, I'll just if 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 I if I do this raceless, then that's how I'm going to do it. And which you can't do because that's not reality. <laughs> like, right. There's nothing there. Like, like there's. I'm multiracial. I can't erase one of those things. I am what I am. You know what I mean? Like, which that's so. Here's the thing: is that like that's not unfair, but Tiger didn't use that like idea of being multiracial or being being able to identify as a couple of different like identities to open the world up. No, he, he was doing it for selfish reasons. Yeah, he just was like, I want money. Yeah, he's like, I want to be so rich, dude. It's going to be and tight. he is insanely yeah. rich. He yeah. accomplished he, that. He, so fucking yeah. good for him, I guess. But yeah, he was the first athlete to clear a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, dude is literally a billionaire. Well, actually, I don't know if after Ellen Nordgren took half his stuff. But, yeah, he's... Yeah. He's a pretty rich. He's, too, he's extremely so. wealthy. Yeah. It's fucking. It, I don't know, it's just frustrating to me because, like, I like golf. We talked about this last week, or not last week, but last episode, where like I like this. I like this sport, and I want it to like stop feeling like something that only like rich white people can have a part of. And Tiger was one of the first athletes who really made it feel like that was true, right? Yeah. That somebody from some like from anywhere could pick up a set of golf clubs and learn to hit a golf ball and put it in a goddamn hole and be really good at it, you know? And he's just not, he had no interest in taking any part of that. Like he didn't want to communicate with the black community. He didn't want to communicate with the Asian community. He didn't really want to communicate with the white community. He's like, I'm tiger. And this is, I play golf. Yeah. That's fucking annoying, man, because, like, this sport has been so closed off and so isolated from, like, the world at large for so long that for the first, like, the first person who came in and was an actual champion and an actual success to then not allow the history that they carry with them to mean something was, it's frustrating to me. Yeah, I don't know. I also got to look at, you know, his upbringing and, you know, he was a privileged kid that went to Stanford. He was getting famous while he was on the Stanford golf team. Then he went pro and he started making millions of dollars. And it's like he just never had that touchstone to the common person. Yeah, no, yeah. that's definitely true. Um, I still, It just frustrates me because he's showing up and be like, I'm... You know, I'm just friends with Donald Trump. I mean, he seems fine to me because I don't know him politically. Like, fuck you, you yeah, don't. You don't know him politically. Yeah, because he got your You're a person of color. You, you, he, knows but, you, he knows you politically. Right. But, <laughs> but now you're getting the you know, Presidential Medal of Freedom yeah. Yeah. just because the guy likes you and he likes getting his picture taken with winners. And it's like, oh, you, you've had such a, a long stretch of bad things happened to you and now you're winning again so you get a medal and i get a picture i would yeah. also like to put out there that uh peter you wrote one of my favorite uh pseudonyms for president donald trump aka maximum jackass 
Oh, the tangerine tantrum. Yes. Tangerine tantrum. tantrum. Good. I was wondering who. Damn, I I was wondering who wrote that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like using his actual name or associating the title with his name. So, I come up with you know nicknames or call him forty-five. Tangerine tantrum is excellent. I also like uh, President Spray Tan, um, or uh, our first Orange Commander in Chief. There's options. That's all I'm saying. Many the options. Cheat, the Cheeto in Chief. Cheeto in Chief, always yeah. quality. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I like I, I like Tiger the the golfer. He's amazing at it. He's exciting. He gets pumped up about it. Like out like he got like back when he was younger. He got pumped up about it about winning at golf in ways that people did not do it before, which made it more accessible to like. This pump was pops went down. <laughs> right. But you That's right. can't do that shit in baseball. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> but like, and yet he wasn't really willing to take that next step and stand up for people, which fucking is really annoying. So, Tiger, I was really glad to see you win the Masters. I was also really disappointed. Be a better person. You're still, like, kind of a shitty dude. Yeah. Be a better I mean, person. Good, good for your personal. You know, retribution, but, you know, think about other people, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't even, like, I'm not even, to put this in the book, but, like, I'm not even, like, interested in being mad at Tiger about fucking cheating on his wife. Like, I don't actually give a shit about any of that. No, none of that's our business. Like, I always thought that was a weird story. No, no. He's an asshole for it, but, I mean, it's not like he went out and assaulted someone. No, he didn't no. do anything wrong besides just lie to someone in his life. Yeah. I mean, it's like, we don't know what their relationship was, so we could never know. We could never know if he was an asshole for it. We just know his relationship went very badly. Very so publicly. That he was an asshole about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're on to hype drags. Anyway, hype drags. Who's, hype drags. Hype drags. Who, I, I don't have one this week, so what do you guys got for me? I would like to hype hockey. Oh. Hockey is extremely exciting, and I like it, although I do not understand it, mm. even kind of. You're an abs guy, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they're from my hometown. I kind of like them. Are they, you... seem, they seem fun. Sharks and abs start, starts this week. I had no idea that was true. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a real thing. In Go real Avalanche, I guess. Yeah, maybe our, not. Our sure, why not? Spot. Our squadron will defeat your squadron on the ice rink. I hope not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my beef. Please I don't know. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I'm also gonna drag uh, every single Canadian NHL team. Um, we have not won a Stanley Cup since like 19. I'm gonna say 1907. Seems like a lie, but it might as well be true. Yeah, that can't be true. But here's the thing about Canadian hockey teams: is it fucking might be? Ah, uh, oh, but no, Edmonton was really good in the '80s. Remember when they had that one guy they called the Great One? Ah, uh, Gretzky. All right. Yeah, that enough. guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. He was yeah, pretty like, fucking good. They've all gone down the tubes at least since then. 1993. 1993. Montreal Canadiens, the Habs. Mm-hmm. So, 26 yeah. years? Yeah. 26 years. Long time. Well, that sucks for Canada, because they invented this sport, 
and now they just can't do anything with it. <laughs> that is a <laughs> gross way to put that. <laughs> I'm sorry to our one listener in, uh, fuck, what was that city in Ontario? Something Ontario. Oh, sorry, yeah, the, the, the person right outside of Toronto. Oh, sorry, sorry, guy. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, bud. Yeah. They say bud in Canada a lot. Bud? Oh, yeah, well, we're not really mad at you, eh? Oh, man. Um... Peter, Peter, do you have a hype drag that you want to do? You know what? I've I've, I've got a couple of hypes. Okay. And, <laughs> and and kind of a you know medium drag. So no, I, I wanted to hype um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, you know, playing very well for the Padres. You know, Vlad Jr. It's like their dads kind of played in the same era. Um, he's getting all this hype. He's finally making his professional debut on Friday. But you know. Tatis is, I mean, he's hitting 299, got a 947 OPS, five home runs, six steals. I mean, he's doing really well in his first first month as a professional. And, you know, it's helping to spark the resurgence of, you know, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, little Nando Tats. He's been playing great. There's no arguing this. Yeah, and I just I wanted to drag the San Diego Padres for being the San Diego Padres because can you be a stupider organization? Still number one in our San Diego Padres rankings. They're retired, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they they can yeah. never lifetime achievement. Be back in the, yeah, they're they're never gonna get better or worse. They are the Padres. They're the Padres. So more hype tracks, more hype tracks. I need more. Right. What you got, Jake? I, they can shower play. on me. I want to hype Yasiel Puig because that dude is the most fun baseball player in the league. I was wondering where this was coming he from. Was so, he is so weird. He tried to fight the entirety of the Pittsburgh Pirates for... I don't even remember why. I think somebody threw it somebody else. He was on the... I don't even know if he was in the game at the time. Dude, that was one no, of the sickest fucking photos I've ever on the seen bench. in my life. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to fight this whole team now. And like, oh my god, I love this guy. I love him. He right, licks like, his bat. He just like rolls out and just bat flips on singles. I've said this all of this before. Like, I love him so much. And everyone gets mad at him for I don't know some reason. Could be that uh, you know just not white. Suggest that. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna drag. <laughs> In my experience, that's usually what it is. <laughs> was ready to fight 26 other guys. For his bro yeah. that he barely knows. His oh, work, his work colleague that he's, yeah. been, that he's been a co-worker of for all of a month and a half. Like, just because like, he's like, this guy's on my side now. And also, I could use a rival. I like having people to fight. I, I love can't, this. I can't fight the Giants 12 times a year anymore, so i got to fight these guys. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to punch the shit out of the Pirates. They're my new enemy. Why are the Giants always the bad guys? Why do we do this? Well, he was in L.A., so y'all don't like each other regardless. Well, he's not the only one. We, <laughs> we piss off everybody. Well, we get mad at everyone and we throw at people. It's just the Giants are trash. Well, yeah. Cause, well, I mean, especially we got a guy like Madison Bumgarner who wants to be the police for the entire league, like, not having fun. Yeah. And who's your drag on this one? Because this is also related to what I was about to say. My drag on this is Bryce Harper. Why? Because Bryce Harper 
in his last game um, decided to get himself kicked out um, by rolling up and yelling at an umpire, except in the way that Bryce Harper always does everything, did it as the maximum hold-me-back-bro guy. Yeah. Where he shows up, as long as there's somebody in between him and the guy he's yelling at, he is very happy to get angry. But if that person is not there, Bryce Harper has nothing to say. Well, I mean, he got thrown out while sitting in the dugout. He was yelling at the umpire. The umpire is like, all right, I've heard enough of your shit. You're out of here. Then he went out and tried to argue and get uh-huh. held back. But it- and then later, Jake Arietta called him out and is like, okay, that was stupid. I need that motherfucker in right field. I need his bat in the lineup because these other motherfuckers aren't going to win this game for me. And they are yeah. not. Like, this is, this is my problem with Bryce Harper is he only shows up when uh, somebody is in between him and the point of conflict, and he only and he doesn't do it at any juncture that makes sense. See, I have one now. He actually did. So, that one time where he threw his helmet and missed, and then got punched in the face. Yeah. I appreciate... <laughs> I'm going to refute this, and, and I will be a witness for Bryce Harper <laughs> testifying on behalf... For Bryce Harper. 2017, I believe. Bryce Harper, right. Bryce Harper got thrown at by racist ass Hunter Strickland. Racist ass Hunter Strickland. Over, over a home run that happened in the 2014 World Series. It was Matt Petty. Bryce Harper fought that man. He fought, first of all, if you're Bryce Harper, you're athletic. You could probably fight a few people. You should not be fighting Hunter Strickland. He's like six foot five and jacked. I mean, he's a racist, so a lot of people want to fight Hunter Strickland. Don't fight Hunter Strickland. Oh, I'll fight him. <laughs> <laughs> he will mop you. I'll, I want to. I wouldn't do it because it's like, oh, that racist will beat the shit out of me. Oh, well, if I dirty. <laughs> Punch him directly in the penis. So, I want to hype Bryce Harper for that one time when he fought Hunter Strickland. And I want to drag, I guess, Hunter Strickland. Because he's for being a fucking clown. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking garbage. Yeah, Hunter Strickland is a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck Hunter but Bryce Harper did try to fight that guy under normal pretenses. No, he did throw his helmet. He, he missed. He missed. Oh, it God, wasn't he missed so bad. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> he did not win that fight. He got punched several times in the face. <laughs> he did. I think he got one lick in. It's not good. You don't want to fight Hunter Strickland, really. This does explain why possibly Bryce Harper turned into hold me back, bro guy. Yeah, I would be too. You beat up by a giant racist. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not fun. <laughs> He's unhinged. You know, Michael Morse's career was ended in that fight. Did you know that? No. no. Michael Morse, who was a teammate of Hunter Strickland. Hunter Strickland starts the fight, gets his own fucking teammate injured for his whole career. Michael Morse's career ended on a concussion during that fight. What a jag. Yeah. R.I.P. Michael Morse. sucks, dude. <laughs> Michael Morse is tight. R.I.P. Michael Morse. R.I.P. Michael Morse. He's, he's alive, but not his career. Well, I mean, his career is dead. Yeah. All right. I got a really good hype to end this thing on. Um, so, two women in high A. Um, where is this? Uh, oh my goodness! They're the um, Red Sox high A team in Virginia. Melanie Newman and Susie Cool are the first ever all female broadcast team for radio in baseball. That's fucking awesome. 
Nice. And they will be together all year. And props to you, ladies. Let's get this going because Jessica Mendoza needs some help in the big leagues. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to um, Peter. Would you say their names one more time? Melanie Newman and Susie Cool. Melanie Newman and Susie Cool. Yeah, the Salem Red Sox in Salem, Virginia, the high A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. Shout out. Shout out. Good for you too. And Good who luck. do we and who do we drag Red Sox related? Uh Kurt Schilling. Yeah, drag Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Always no Kurt, Kurt Schilling's Schilling. a fucking shit shithead. So it's always, very easy. You, can always... uh, you know who else we can always drag who's Red Sox related? Bill Simmons. Fuck Bill Simmons. Why are you hating on my man, Bill? <laughs> Bill, but he's look, the sports guy. If my cover letter wasn't good enough, could you just let me send a different cover letter? Just text him back, Bill. Just text him back. He's I don't... been waiting. He's been waiting so long. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. <laughs> this has been All Sports Are Bad. I am Patrick JCS. I am uh, Jake Whipple. I am Peter underscore two doors. And uh, yeah. Oh, you can find me at Wildly Pointless. I missed it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you, you, you messed that yeah. one up. You want to try it again? No, no he's good. That's no, good. We can okay, allow I'm, it. We could, we could edit it out. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. All right, Probably. well, fuck it. We could if we wanted to. But. <laughs> so you can listen to us on, on Spotify. You can listen to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, Stitcher SoundCloud. SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Where you're listening to us right now is probably pretty good, too. Um, yeah. Bad.com. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, we would like it. Uh, we're also selling ad space. So if you want a good minute of our time, we'd like to give it to you. So hit us up on Twitter or email us at email us at allsportsarebad at gmail.com. There's options. Point. Yeah. Or or tweet at all sports are bad because they really get back to you really quickly. Or tweet at Patrick JCS. I'll say some wild shit at you and then take your money. The only thing you ever say is wild shit. Tweet at wildly pointless and I'll just say some nonsense and then never get back to you. That doesn't that actually sound. Right. That doesn't sound good. No, but yeah, it sounds that's, right. It's my Twitter persona, man. Leave me alone. Patrick, <laughs> Peter understands. Who are we apologizing to tonight? Uh, I'm going to say sorry to. Uh, I'm sorry to Canada. Yeah, I'm sorry, Canada. (laughs) Yeah, you're very cool. Actually, really mean to Canada, and like they didn't deserve that. Yeah, I like Arcade Fire. They're very good. Hey, man, Rush is one of the best bands ever. All right, that's a wrong. Fuck. Hey, y'all can kiss my ass. (laughs) Kenny Lee is God. Well, next to Lemmy. Bye, Internet. See you next time. Mahalo, Abby.